Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Katherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this vitally important question, how do we parent through a crisis with our kids? I'm talking about parenting through the hard times. Joining me again today is best-selling author Lane Lawson Craft. We've held her over from the last episode where we talked about strategies to win back your prodigal child. We've broadened out the topic a bit in this episode because whether your child has gone off the rails with their faith or not, this conversation will benefit you big time. We are talking about evicting enablement, establishing healthy boundaries, how to deal with outside voices and the judgment of others in your parenting, the importance of community and Christian counseling. We cover some serious parenting ground today that every parent needs to know because every parent will have to work through a crisis at some point with their kids. And today's conversation will help you do just that. That's the plan for this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? Well, there is. In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face-to-face with them. You can find emotional freedom, learn to look through the haze of conflicted feelings, and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. Hey, mamas and papas, as always, be sure to head over to at Katherine Seegers on Instagram and Katherine Seegers Speaker to see clips from this interview and receive other inspiring quotes and posts. And please drop me a line there. Don't hesitate to reach out. I am so excited to have Lane Lawson Craft joining me again today. If you missed the last episode, please check it out. Everyone has a prodigal child that they are concerned about in their lives. And last episode gave you all the strategy that you need to win back the prodigal children in your life. Lane has parented through some very 
difficult seasons, 15 years of parenting prodigals. So today's episode will help you whether your kid's faith is strong or it's hanging on by a thread or it doesn't even exist right now. We will be referring to her brand new book throughout this conversation. That is The Parent's Battle Plan, Warfare Strategies to Win Back Your Prodigal. This book is an excellent resource for any parent. And let me just tell you, at the end of today's episode, we do something I have never done on this show before. I felt so led by the Lord to spend a little time interceding with Lane for all of our children. And honestly, I got chills when I went back to listen to our prayer at the end of the show. It is so powerful. Lane and I both walk you through how to battle for your kids in prayer. I use several of the scriptures on my scripture list, which is a free resource for subscribing at katherinesegers.com. I updated that, by the way, including even more Bible verses to stand on in prayer for your children or really anybody you know who isn't walking with the Lord. So so please stick around for that prayer at the end of the show. I know that it will bless you and your kids. With that said, let's jump right in. Lane, I am so excited to have you back for another episode because there is so much more in your book that we can break down to really help parents. I have such a burden and a heart for helping parents whose children are on destructive paths. So welcome back. Thank you for coming back to help these parents. Well, I'm just excited, Catherine, to be here. And this has just been wonderful. Thank you. (sighs) Thank you so much. We talked, we covered so much good ground in the last episode. You told the testimony of your, the Cliff Notes version of each of your kids. And one of them, Stephen, was a 15 year journey. You are a veteran. There are all kinds of medals on you. (laughs) You've got battle scars. We all do when you can't, you can't get to the end of a parenting journey without having battle scars. And you have got medals all over you. So we want to learn. So much more from you on how to help our our children. And one of the chapters that I loved talked about embracing new behaviors. That was chapter 11. And you, you say in that, it's, I have a quote here, when we are in the midst of warfare for our children, the first step in self-preservation is acknowledging that to a degree, there are times we must separate emotionally and physically from our wayward children. I thought that was such great advice. Speak to parents about how they can embrace that kind of a new behavior. Well, you know, you do get battle weary. I mean, you get tired. You get, you you don't even want to get out of bed some days. And so we tend to, in the battle, not take care of ourselves. So one of the Mm -hmm. biggest things I talk about is the me, us care. We must take care of ourselves. Listen, you're not going to make it through the battle unless you start doing some things that you enjoy. And so the way I say this is we can't allow our children's terrible decisions and wrong choices and consequences also take our lives and joy. Mm -hmm. So I, I talk about the me, us care. And, you know, think about some things that you enjoy. Make yourself do them because, you know, if you like to do art, go do an art class. Do some things that 
I like to say are good deposits. You know, mm-hmm. we're pouring out to these kids, Catherine, we're pouring out, we're pouring out, we're pouring out to the family, we're pouring out to the husband. And uh, particularly if, if there is a battle in the house, you know, that's even more that you're pouring out. So we've got to start doing some deposits for us. And it's not from a selfish standpoint, it's self-preservation. I mean, you know, the, the, the battle is not going to be won ultimately if you, croak on it. You know, we can't have moms croaking. So we want you to take, and dads, we want you to do me care. You know, we talk about the fruits of the spirit in this chapter. Um, It's very hard uh, to be patient and kind and gentle and all of those things in the battle. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I I ultimately say the last uh, fruit of the spirit is Mm self-control. And I say without self-control, none of the others are even obtainable because we've got to make the choices that uh, when we're in battle, that we are going to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not going to allow our children's choices to destroy us too. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to learn how to be patient in the battle. We're going to learn how to love when they're unlovable. Mm-hmm. All of those things are in that chapter and they're so important. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that you had in that chapter, the mirror test. Did I do all I could do today for my child and my family? And we need, we need to recognize that keep taking care of ourselves. Cause I think sometimes as parents, we just sacrifice, sacrifice. We, we, we're just driving them everywhere. We're concerned about their meals and their, you know, do they have everything that they need? And we don't ask that question. Do I have everything that I need? And I know in my parenting, you know, even without the issue of the, you know, a destructive path for your kids, but you're just spent sometimes. I can remember one day uh, there was just one more thing, another event on the calendar and everybody wanted to go to this. It was supposed to be a big family event and everything inside of my body screamed, I need some time for me. And I stayed at home and I read this book, Becoming Mrs. Lewis, out on my back porch. That have you read that? It's so wonderful. It's about Joy Davis. Um, and you know, she became Mrs. C.S. Lewis. And it was just, it's a kind of a fictional tale, but based off of fact. And I stayed at home and I realized that was medicinal. That was so necessary that I took that time instead of doing one more event, which felt like, you know, on paper that looked like where I needed to be, but You've got to listen to your spirit. You've got to listen to the Lord and you've got to take that time to recharge your batteries so you can get back in the fight, right? Yes. And get back in the battle because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not good for anyone. No, mm-hmm. no. Um, I love as you go on just the very next chapter. I thought this was so good. You talk about enablement and the title of that chapter is evicting enablement. I love that. It's so great. You say, quote, enable means giving the means or opportunity to do something. Enabling becomes a negative act when we inadvertently enable our children by giving them the means or the permission to destroy themselves. And you go on to say, we do not exacerbate their problems by paying for their destruction. We don't want to do that. So speak to how we can go about invicting enablement in the lives of our kids our enablement of them. Yeah. You know, we think we're helping them. 
You know, I fell into that trap. I, I say that in the book. I have a son, Stephen, and we put him in a, a place that, you know, he can live free. And he was having, you know, we thought we were helping him and getting him back on his feet. And what it was is just giving him more money to buy drugs and to have people over and party and all of that. So so the reason I, I, I say that enablement is really allowing our children to self-destruct because really, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking maybe, well, Lane, you know, how, what ways am I enabling? Well, let's talk about money. You know, if they're mm-hmm. not living in the pathway that you feel they should, are you giving them money? Are you giving them, you know, I, I, there was a new study that came out last week, actually, Catherine, 45% of parents are still giving money to their adult children today, mm. even paying for vacations. What? So what? Yes. <laughs> so, so my point is that's a large number, and I'll get yeah. the study for you to put in the show notes if you need it. But yeah, I please. Do. I was like, okay, well, you know, when we're supplying their needs and they're not in a lifestyle of right. values that we want them to have, well, we're just enabling that behavior, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, I love to say, do any of us change, Catherine, without being uncomfortable? Mm-mm. No. Nope. The only way we really change is when we get uncomfortable. So I want you to look at, are you really giving your kid too much money? You know, are you making that easier for them? There was another thing here too. We rescue them. Uh-huh. I used to do it. I used to be, why am I continuing to rescue my child that continues to make the same choices over and over that are not good? Mm-hmm. So another way we enable is just, you know, again, being the first to rescue when they really should pay a consequence. I mean, these are just huge ways that you can talk about enablement in your mind. And then how can we, let's say, yes, I'm giving my kid too much money or yes, I'm rescuing them too much. What can I do, Lane? What you do is you come up with some kind of contract, really. Mm -hmm. It's a contract. And you say to your kid, listen, this is what we've been doing. You know, you just say, and I, I want to give you authority today too, parents. You have the choices every day to make new rules. You mm-hmm. may wake up one day and say, these rules we've been living by are not working. And mm-hmm. remember, Catherine, every season is different with children, right? whether they're 20, 2, or 40. I mean, mm-hmm. every season is different, so it's going to require different sets of rules. I think that's really important. Rules that you put in place a long time ago may not be working today. So look at your rules and tell everybody, hey, these rules aren't working. So we're going to sit down and we're going to say these are the new rules. Okay, listen, if uh, you need money Mm -hmm. for something outside of your essentials, you're going to either have to earn it or do something because I'm not going to continue to fund your alcohol choices or your drug choices or those kind of things. And you make a contract. And so the reason I say make a contract, so it's clear. I, it seems today's world, we need to make things real clear. No gray area. <laughs> so they know, you know, listen, we've written these things down. So what I'm saying is on one side of the paper, these are the, you know, these are, these are the things that we're expecting. These are our expectations. This is what we will provide. And if, you don't. These are the things that we take away. So we we start defining what are necessities and what are luxuries. Yep. We've got to quit funding our luxuries for our children if we want them to change. Ooh. Because a change does not come without uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And listen, let me just go ahead and give you a warning. They're going to say, I hate you. 
They're going to say, you don't understand. Right. I don't love you anymore. You're so mean. But listen, that should be a wink that you're on the right path because that's saying, hey, you're making them uncomfortable. They're upset. Maybe these new rules are making a, mm-hmm. a, a mark in their mind and maybe they'll think twice. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they'll think twice next time. tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way. Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? Well, There is. In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face-to-face with them. You can find emotional freedom, learn to look through the haze of conflicted feelings, and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. That is so, so good. You brought something to mind. Yeah, they're all in different stages. And I've, I've gone over this before. The first stage of parenting that we have is when they're very young. We, we're their caregiver. We give them absolutely everything. And then they graduate in the toddler and the early adolescent years to um, we become a cop. Yes and no, don't do this. And, you know, as they grow and they start to understand more, we can become their coach and explain why you don't do things. But ultimately, where we get to as parents is that we're their counselor. Yes. And yes. we can't be their sugar daddy to just nope. get supply everything that they want. You know, we're still in a situation where, you know, all of our kids are in the home. And one thing we've really had conversations about with our kids recently are boundaries that boundaries have blessings. Uh, they bring blessings and blessings have boundaries. We don't get the the blessings that God gives us in scripture without boundaries around them. I am so blessed to live in a home where my husband works hard and brings home, you know, uh, have a bit of a more traditional setup. I know other families where the woman works more and that's whatever, you know, the Lord leads you to do. But this this is a the setting that we have. And I, I live within the boundaries. I can't go out and do whatever I want, go drinking and do drugs all night and come home and expect my husband to provide this home for me. Nope. And vice versa. He can't go and be with other women and come home and expect me to just be sitting here, the dutiful wife thankful that he came home. There are boundaries within our homes and our children have to live within those boundaries. And so sometimes I think, and I know you talk to this in the book, a lot of where kids can go arise, those those bad influences. Yes. And placing boundaries around some of the influences that are, are destructive and just the technology, that whole aspect, that whole piece of it is mind boggling. You could spend hours and hours just trying to monitor and make sure that their their devices are safe. Right. Um, that's been a huge one. You've got a whole chapter on boundaries. How do we go about putting those proper protective boundaries around our kids? 
Well, you know, uh, this culture today, mm. and I know you feel it really, Catherine, so it's to be our kids' best friends. You know, we're supposed to be best friends with our kids. Gilmore Girls, right? I mean, that even came out a couple of decades ago. Okay. And it's a it's a wonderful show, but that that kind of parent-daughter relationship where they're really just best friends. There was no authority figure. Yes. And that's that's not real. So that's no. not real and it doesn't work. No. So what I'm saying is if you're in the culture of thinking you're supposed to be a best friend with your child, I'm here to tell you. You cannot be the parent mm-hmm. and be the kid's best friend. Amen. So that's where boundaries start is right there. Right. I believe. Amen. I mean, you start saying to yourself, you know, you're the parent and you at the end of the day have the ultimate last say of what's going on and the complete authority. Now, listen, there's a great balance. I mean, we mm-hmm. want to be close to our kids because we want to be able to communicate. I will say when you're creating boundaries, communication is top. And it's very difficult when they're in teens. Listen, all teens, this is, this is the thing. All teens are going to have the rite of passage. They're going to say, Oh, you don't know. You, you were raised 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You don't know. But, and so that's natural. And that's just a rite of passage. That's just the way that they start cutting the apron strings. But then there's also this awful, disrespectful, disruptive, awful kind of teenage or young adult that is mean and mean spirited and defiant. And, and what do you do? And, and, and basically this is where you start doing the boundaries a lot and you start saying, you know, I'm your parent and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I can't allow you to, to talk to me this way. And then nine out of 10 times, they're going to give you the silent treatment. And I talk about that. Yeah. You did. They think that's so, they think that's getting to you and, and what, and it does kind of get to you, but you can't let them know that you, you know, you, then that's when you start saying, Hey, listen, when we start talking again, I'll get you, give you your phone back. That's when mm-hmm. you start that, you know, privilege and necessities again, you come and you mm-hmm. say, listen, um, since we seem to be disagreeing right now and we're, and we're not seeing eye to eye, let me have your phone. Mm-hmm. And you take their phone and you say, when you want to sit down and talk and, and let's work this out and communicate, let's do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, it keeps you in control. And what I mean, control of the home and in authority. Right. So those are just pure boundaries. And it seems like I, I just wish I'd have known that. I wish I would have had it in words so I could acted out because I'm telling you, it works. Mm-hmm. It really works. I mean, kids need boundaries. They do. I mean, it's not real life. They Listen, I like it to being a boss. I don't know if you call it that. You know, you want to be a good boss, a boss that people respect and know that, you know, when you say your standards are here, that they're their integrity. And, and so, you know, your kids, they need to see this. They need to see that you're authoritative and that you, um, you, you love them with boundaries. I mean, it is not love to let your kids just go crazy. That's Mm -hmm. not love. That's not real. That's not producing a productive, law abiding, God fearing, adult. Right. And that's what God's standards are in scripture. They're boundaries for us to have fruitful, fulfilled living. And, you know, some kids are going to test those boundaries with God too. And ultimately trying to get the training wheels off of our kids and hope that they choose to live within those boundaries. And they may not, but as long as they're in the home or as long as they want some sort of aid or assistance in the terms of, because you were talking about finances and stuff. I, I can remember times when our parents helped us with a down payment here or helped us with a, a vehicle or something. But my husband and I, we were struggling financially, you know, with a young family. 
And they were they were aiding and assisting us. We weren't walking in rebellion. And I think parents all want to be able to help their kids Absolutely. get out on their own. Yeah. So that's apples to oranges, Catherine. Yeah. We're talking about kids that are defiant, kids yes, that are yes. living. So so what I, on the opposite end, you're making a wonderful point. Yeah. I'm the same. I mean, now that my kids are are fruitful and living whole and free and serving the kingdom and Holy Spirit filled. You know, sure, I'm there to help because I right. want to help encourage their next right step. I Amen. mean, I want them, you know, we say that our our ceiling is their floor. We want to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, just let them just catapult. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, but that's because we can now. But for mm-hmm. the years that they were not living right or making the right choices or living in a self-destructive path right. outside of our faith and values, we could not supply the money and the things mm-hmm. and the and the and the luxuries that would promote that lifestyle. We just mm-hmm. couldn't do it. Yeah. And you were talking about that one click away. This is my parents would have never let me go back into my bedroom with a boy, you know, when I was a teenager and shut the door. But when you've got a iPhone or you know, any kind of phone these days, they've got video capabilities where they can spend the night on the phone with somebody. Literally. They can they can see anything, they can show them anything. So I encourage parents to really look at what kind obviously as you're getting your kids older, you you loosen those boundaries as they are able to walk in a in a way that is mature and disciplined in that area. But while they're living in the home, you know, you you really need to pray very sincerely about what those protective boundaries need to be around your kids to, to protect them because you give them too much leash, they can hang themselves with it. That's right. And and we need to be very, very mindful of that. And I can just say we've made some mistakes in our home that we've had to go back and say, okay, we need to place these boundaries in place for your protection. And then we'll reassess this as we as we see that you're maturing in a way that shows that you can handle this kind of technology. And then obviously, you know, we say, look, once you're out on your own, you set your own boundaries. And our our work is largely done in the sense that we just become a counselor and we become the one that they come to when they want advice. Or and hopefully, you, you know, I like to say a mentor or coach. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to say, y'all come to me if you need me. Mm-hmm. I, I interviewed Jim Burns. He has a great book, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Doing Life with Your Adult Children. And one yeah. of his things is you've spent two decades being a parent. And then after that, you become their mentor, their coach. Yes. You had him on your show, didn't you? Yeah. I, I, I listened to that podcast. He endorsed, he endorsed my book too. I was so he did, yeah. really uh, grateful. That's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. I loved chapter 13. You were talking about uh, this just really ministered to me because I think even if you don't have a prodigal child, this can happen. But if you do, it definitely happens. It's called the voices in our heads. And you're talking about the voices that we have to battle with as you're on your parenting journey, especially if you have a child that's wayward. But I love this quote. You said, the thoughts that pass through our brain are its food. When we feed our brains negativity, the outcome is low energy and weakness. But when we provide our brains with good ideas and positive thoughts, the result is a brighter outlook. I found that when I fed my faith and starved my fear, I was able to break down the debilitating voices in my head. This provided my brain with more positive statements. Speak to how we can feed our brains the positivity it needs because you can get, you know, I think most people are kind of glass half full, glass half empty kind of predisposition. 
I like to think I'm in the middle. Sometimes I can be a little glass half empty. So how do we reset our brains and really focus on things that feed it positive thoughts? Well, I don't know if you ever were guilty of this, but I would repeat, he's never going to do this. Never going to do that. It's never going to work out. And I would repeat some very negative voices. And Mm -hmm. that certainly was not bringing life to the situation. So that was another big revelation for me was to start speaking as though it were, because that is the definition of faith, right? Oh, yes, yes. So, so I love that because when we start speaking in faith in our minds, and I'm talking about ours as our, as parents, you know, in this battle, you know, start saying, you know, all things work for good for those that love and serve him. God, I love you and I'm serving you and I'm the steward of this child. So, you, you know, so you start reframing your mind. You start, I, I don't know if this is the chapter that I do second Corinthians 10 five, but it, it, it really, was very powerful for me. I, I used to smoke, Catherine. Mm-hmm. And when I got delivered from nicotine or years ago, you know, let me give you an analogy. So if you start thinking about smoking and you, and you picture that cigarette, you know, we're supposed to cast it down right then. Mm. Cast, cast down the thought of that cigarette right then, because then if we keep going and you pick it up, and then you put it to your mouth and then you see yourself inhaling it and smoke going everywhere. If you're not a smoker, it might just really make you want to be repulsed. But if you're a smoker, you know, you might say, oh, I don't, I remember those days. But my point is we've got to reframe our mind. And, and what I mean is when that negative thought comes, because they're going to come. That's mm-hmm. what I want you to know. They're going to come. We're all human. We're going to get discouraged. They're going to disappoint us. So, you know, when that happens, just immediately, immediately go. Okay, I'm, I'm going to reframe this and I'm going to say no weapon formed against my child's going to prosper. And I'm yeah. going to hold on to that today. And you just start reframing mm-hmm. instead of saying, oh, he did it again. Is he ever going to learn? When's he ever going to learn? Is he ever going to quit making these choices? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with him? What have I done wrong? Start right there when that happens and just go. No weapon formed or all things work. Or this is not my battle, God. I'm I'm giving it to you about my ticket to see their freedom, you know. Um, so these are powerful tools. I also mentioned the rubber band, and I know that may seem silly, yeah. But you know, I have used that in the past where you put a rubber band around your wrist and yeah. you pop yourself because you, you know, it, there's something about the mind and the pain connection that makes yep. you rethink. So uh there are there are a lot of these things in the book, and 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 I know, listen, I've been there and 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 I had to retrain and reframe my mind. Because again, I had three of them, not just one. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly being bombarded with, okay, okay. You know, so these are great points though. Oh, it's awesome. I love that. You had a little homage to I, my, my. everybody has probably their favorite verse, but Romans 4.17 is mine. He is the God who brings life from the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And I just, that to me is so powerful. Yes. He looks at our kids and that he doesn't see what we see. Nope. He sees who he has created them to be and who they can be. And like we talked about in the last episode so much, we partner with him yes. in prayer to battle for them to become who he has created for who he has created them to be. That's so, um, good. That's so powerful. Romans 4, 17. 
And you also mentioned Isaiah 54, which is on my scripture list as well. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment against you, you shall condemn. He doesn't say I will condemn it. You shall condemn it. And he also says in that, you know, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. Great shall be their peace and righteousness. They will be established. That's one of my scripture songs. I I create little songs that we've memorized in our home. And that's how I memorize scripture is, you know, people Love are like, it. how do you learn all that? Well, I just create, if you can learn three blind mice, you can learn how to memorize Thank scripture you. that way. That's a free resource I've got on my website as well. But what you were talking about there, it's, it's really the whole concept behind advertising. You see that slice of pizza on the TV, right? <laughs> and yeah. the next thing you know, you're going in there and you're grabbing something to eat out of the refrigerator because you're hungry. And so it's what you allow your mind to dwell on that becomes your focus and it becomes, it, it's either going to drag you down or it's going to lift you up. So we have to take every thought captive, Yeah, captive to the obedience of Christ. And I was going to read this out of the book. It says, defeating the voice in our head automatically creates a greater boldness that allows us to step into the battle in a different way. This is a critical step and it's not easy. Changing the way that we think can be harder than it sounds. Many of us have fallen into the enemy's traps of speaking the wrong words over Mm -hmm. our own life and the lives of our children. We are meant to create life through our words as God demonstrated by speaking life over us. When we declare God's word, when we speak God's promises over ourselves and our family, and when we use the power of God to fuel our minds, we can more easily hope, we can easily keep, more easily keep hope alive for our prodigal child. So that's Mm -hmm. the result of defeating these, these thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to guard your mind, got to guard. got to guard your mind. And I had one other quote, I think it was on page 165. I loved, you said, I can't control what our child will decide to do. And I certainly can't control the circumstances that he or she creates. The best thing I can do is be as prepared as possible. God will help me every day to be ready for whatever comes my way. And I think Amen. the the journey of a prodigal parent, a parent who has a child who's making destructive choices, you lean into God in ways that you never had to before. And I think we have to glean every bit of goodness out of that journey because you get closer to God and understand God in ways that that other parents really can't until they've experienced that. And and we've got to to relish that and to appreciate that aspect of of the journey that we understand God and his love for us to a much greater degree and we rely on him more we have to surrender our kids to him but we also have to surrender ourselves to him and our minds and our bodies and our spirits i love uh, in chapter 16 as we're kind of getting to the end of the book here you have a few more chapters out of the, after this one but i thought this was so practical and so helpful it was your chapter on handling outside information i think this is one of the hardest things in any parenting journey is that the judgment that can come from outside your home it can come from your family it can come from other believers who mean well But you had some really great examples in there. I love this quote that you had in chapter 16. You said, it was strange because we suddenly felt as if we were on a stage in front of of family members and friends, although most of them seemed to have our best interests at heart and did not intend to hurt us. I found it to be tough 
to take. And you said other people cannot possibly acknowledge the pressure and the pain that is piling up. And we cannot expect them to recognize those issues. Most of the time, the people who are around us mean well, but these good intentions can lead to adverse outcomes. Who wants to hear advice when he or she is barely surviving? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people want to help and give uh, constructive ways to help you in your journey. And too often that that very thing that they're giving you is like salt on an open wound at yeah. times, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And Catherine, let me, let me tell you what, what really, as I was writing this chapter is very important. I was hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. I was hurt by people that just didn't have a clue to the battle that we were in. Right. Uh, because like I said, we didn't advertise it, you know, yeah. again, we didn't, want, we didn't want to bring life to anything that might hurt the kids. But right. so first and foremost, I want to tell everybody, you're going to have somebody, whether it's a family member or neighbor, a friend hurt you by saying, I think you should do this. I just want you to know they don't have a clue. Just really, mm-hmm. they, they don't have a clue <laughs> to what, you. you're, what you're feeling or what you're enduring right now. And then number two, I want you to say, consider the source. You know, look mm-hmm. at their lives. You know, are y'all really congruent on the way you're raising your kids? You know, think about those things. Are they the ones that just let their kids mm-hmm. run free? Because, you know, mm-hmm. consider that. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you know, how do we handle all of these situations? And, and I want to include gossip. So that was another very hurtful thing in our lives. We were in a small school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids made some mistakes that were public. And, uh, you know, gossip was awful. And it was very hurtful, not only to the children, but to me and Steve. And so how do you handle these? You have a prepared statement, basically. You just say, you know, ask your husband if you're married. And if you're not, you just have this kind of a standard reply when someone says, well, this is what I would do. Or did you hear what someone said? Have a have a reply. Just have Mm -hmm. something that you create. For me, it would be. Thank you so much, Catherine, for your concern. I really do appreciate it. And I I just appreciate it. I mean, that's all you have to say. You don't have to say, I don't agree with you. You made me mad. You hurt my feelings. Just say, oh, thank you so much. I know that seems kind of Pollyanna, but really, look, you don't need another battle. You're already in it. Right. You certainly don't want to make somebody else mad at you or have someone, you know, walk away offended. So just just minimize the offense. They really, again, remember, they don't have a clue to what you're facing or challenged with because they're not walking in your shoes. Mm-hmm. And number two, consider the source. Are y'all raising the same way? Is it, is it your mom? You know, my mom has no idea about the one click. My mom, because we didn't have iPhones, you know? Right. So again, it wasn't that she was being, you know, overstepping her boundaries. She just doesn't have a clue to the war I was in. Mm-hmm. So, and then the gossip. That's going to happen, particularly in smaller towns or smaller schools or whatever. And you, you just, you just stand strong and you be, be the good person in it. Cause you remember you will be rewarded and, and you just don't need another offense. And so I hope that helps somebody there. Oh, that is so good. I know. And sometimes people can come alongside you and say, well, this is what I would have done. And I'm like, that's like, oh, thank you. Um, I don't know that you would have, but okay. Uh, it, it can be hurtful. And so. Obviously, in those situations, we need to take it to God and forgive because we don't want to hold harbor bitterness or anger and, you know, learn from those places so that we can be a better support. You have a whole chapter on, you know, community. I think that that is so vitally important in parenting in general, but especially for going through a battle like this to find 
other parents that do understand what you're going through? Because a lot of parents, like you said, don't have a clue. And and our parents' generation, God love them. I thank God for their prayers. And but to some degree, the the technological aspects of our our journey right now. And don't you shudder to think sometimes what our kids are going to have to deal with, uh, with their kids? That we're not going to understand. Oh, we're not. But finding that community, that has to be a huge, huge, and I think God will provide just to pray, you know, Lord, help me to find whether that's an online Zoom community. I've been in some Zoom parenting communities, uh, counseling. You talk about that a little bit. Sometimes you may want to go and seek out some Christian Absolutely. counseling. Yes. That's a huge, huge asset that we can find in a journey like this. Speak to that just a little bit. Where did you find community? Yes. Well, community was very hard because, you know, it just was. It was uh, finding the right community is really hard. Exactly. So you've got to find a safe place is what I, what's most important. And I do think it needs to line up with your faith and values. I, I really strongly believe that you've got to be mm-hmm. like-minded in one heart. You know, I'm a little upset with the churches because... Again, that's why I think God is going to help me see these warfare parenting small groups. Did you know that there are 35,000 Celebrate Recoveries? I mean, mm. so there's a need for parents to have a place to right. come together. So I'm just saying, listen, don't give up. I, I, you know, it took me a while to find a community that was safe, a small group. Right. They, they're not really readily available, but counseling is essential. Uh Counseling helped all of my children, helped my marriage, helped Steve and I. But again, you're going to have to be diligent in that because it may not be the first counselor you go to. It may take two or three tries to find the right counselor. But when you do, it will change your life. It will give you tools and resources and support. And that outside person that has no vested interest, has no history with the family that just comes in and says, good job or Put this in place or whatever you need. I am a big, big proponent of Christian counseling. And like I said, you you may not be the first, second, third counselor. It's kind of like finding that small group. You're going to have to persevere because it's just not easy. These are intimate issues. These are, you know, very, very, very close to your heart. So you want to be more guarded. Oh, that is so true. We've had some situations with, you know, our kids have some, uh, I have a couple of kids that have like anxiety and depression, certain different, well, really anxiety, ADHD stuff. And, but trying to find a good godly Christian counselor, that's so hard, it is. you know, who is on the same page as you. And then once you're finding that community, you talked about the right community. I'm sure I know we are very like-minded in this and what I would encourage the parents listening to do as well. Find a a Bible-believing community that is seriously passionate about prayer and understands your your authority in prayer, who is going to stand with you and support you in believing and speaking forth those authoritative prayers over your kids. Because like I said, and I think it was in the last episode, we have authority over what we have authored. And we have the greatest fear of authority that we have on earth is in our homes and over our children. That's not authoritative. That's not authoritarian, rather, but rather that the Lord has given us an authority over our downline, over our descendants. And we 
as we speak forth into their lives in the spirit world, we were talking about in the last episode, when we speak forth into the spirit world, those words have authority. And this is the way I look at it in terms of prayer. And I've done this on for numerous issues. We had a miscarriage at one point, and I believe the Lord had promised us another child. In my mind, I went into a heavenly courtroom and I told my heavenly father, who is a righteous judge, that the enemy had stolen something from me that was not his. He did not have a right to do that. And that if your child is a wayward child, he has stolen something that is not his. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their righteousness comes from me, says the Lord. That's out of Isaiah 54. So. I see myself, I visualize myself in that heavenly courtroom and I take the enemy to task and I plead before my heavenly father for the life of my child, whether it's a sickness in their body, a sickness in their spirit, a sickness in their mind, making destructive choices that no, God, this is a child that you authored in our family. They are of the family of God. The enemy cannot steal them. And, you know, we go to hell to, and back to fight for our kids. We Amen. will storm the gates of hell Amen. to do that. Amen, girl. And you have given us such great strategies in this book. It's awesome. I, I've absolutely loved it. And I've enjoyed every moment that I've had to spend with you and the encouragement that you've given to these these battle-weary parents. So Lane, yeah, yeah I just thank you so much for the generosity of your time and your encouragement. I know you've helped a lot of weary souls today. Well, I can tell you this. Yeah, I wanted to leave uh, just a really nugget of hope today. Um, you know, before we end this, I know some of you have been praying a long time. I know some of you are believing for God to make a turnaround and he will. I just want you to know, no prodigal is too far gone for God. My own son, Stephen, was really in the darkest, deepest pit of hell when God came down and rescued him. So it's not contingent on them even cleaning up before God can touch their heart and change their lives. So if you need to hear that today, listen, God will never leave us in our weakness and there's no prodigal too far gone for him to touch them and that one touch can change everything. Amen. And you can find my book. It's at lanelawsoncraft.com or anywhere books are sold. And I just thank you, Catherine, for this time to share this hope. And, and I just, I'm so thankful that you and I have come to come along each other and, and help other parents that are struggling. Amen to that. You know, I haven't really done this before, but I just feel led that we should end this episode in prayer. Sure. For our children and for the children, I know I get emails pretty frequently. I'm, I know you do too from parents who are just distraught, despairing, just so downtrodden over what the enemy has done in their families. Mm -hmm. And I just want to pray encouragement over them and pray for the children to come back home. I know the enemy hates this. <laughs> So much. I tell you, I, I had a that that series I did on prayer. I'd mentioned, I think, in the last episode. Between the time I turned the episode in and the time it came out, my computer crashed. I'm like, you know, I mean, what? I think there's nothing the enemy hates more than when we teach and instruct people on how to pray, and especially when he thinks he's got he's picked one off. You know, from a, a godly family, he's picked one off and he thinks he's got them. He gets very angry 
when we give people strategy and hope to yes. battle. And what I've told my parents, I think I did it in that. Uh, I can't remember which episode I said, when you've got a kid that's battling uh, or who is making destructive choices, smear some blue paint on your face, mamas and daddies, and go to war. Yes. Go to war. Yes. It's battle time. It's time to get ready. So if yes. you would like to pray, as would you feel? Sure. Would you, sure. you pray and to. I'll wrap it up. Okay. okay. Yes, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this time. Lord, we know there are no coincidences with you. So Father, anyone in the sound of our voices was meant to be right here, right yes. now in your perfect time, Father God. Father God, I open the windows of heaven right mm. now, Father God. I ask that you pour down peace to these parents that are struggling in the war. Father God, I just pray that you've poured down your wisdom, showing them the real battle is really them versus the enemy and that you've given us everything, Father God. Mm. Thank you, Father, for Catherine and her sharing all this hope, Father, for her for her passion to help parents in this crazy world that we live in, Lord, Father God. Father, we know that it's the power of Jesus Christ and through his blood and his authority that no child, no prodigal will be left mm. behind. Father God, we call all prodigals home in the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ. We we bind any enemy tactics or strategies that would be against you, Father, in your will, in the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ. Again, Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus to touch every parent, Father, to give them the hope and the time touch of your love and your and your empathy, Father, that you know the level of disappointment. You know what a broken heart is, Father, mm. that you will be their healer. You said you brought Jesus to heal us, Father, into the world. So heal us today, Father, through the sounds of these 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 strategies and these principles and the words of your of your scriptures, Father God, and through the power and the blood of your son Jesus Christ that was put on a cross so that we would have eternal life with mm-hmm. you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. I stand in complete and total agreement with Lane, Lord, and with every parent who is praying along with us right now. Lord, your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted, that you collect our tears in a bottle, Lord. And I just pray that you would encourage each and every parent today that the testimony that we've seen in Lane's life can be their testimony as well. Lord, encourage them, bolster their faith, strengthen their faith muscles, Lord, and their prayer muscles, Lord. And we just speak, God, over every family that is listening right now that is brokenhearted. We speak faith. We speak truth. We speak life. We speak over every child. We call them out to you as these parents call your children's names out right now. I call all of my children out. Afton Bennett, Avonlea Weston, Evangeline Faith. I call them all out. We declare that they are the children of the Most High God. The enemy, the enemy has no right to come and steal, kill, and destroy, but he will if we let them. But we stand up in faith in your heavenly courtroom and we rebuke and bind the powers of the enemy to lie and to steal and to kill and destroy their destinies or their lives. We speak life and healing and revelation and truth. Lord, the greatest sin is not any kind of sexual sin or sin of 
of drugs and alcohol, it's unbelief. Lord, we speak that our children would come to know who you are and to see you as who you are and believe and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus as, as Stephen did in that Uber, God, send dr- divine encounters to every child of every family listening. Lord, send divine encounters, send your messengers that can reach them with the truth of who you are, that they would bend their knees to the most high God. And Lord, I love these verses in Isaiah 43, five through six. You tell us, do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And then you go on to say in Jeremiah 31, 16 through 17, this is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work will be rewarded. Moms and dads declares the Lord, your work will be rewarded. They will return from the land of the enemy. So there is hope for your descendants, declares the Lord. Your your children will return to their own land. And I know I'm in apologetics classes. People say these are for the nation of Israel, but this is the heart of our God for lost children, for people who are in other lands. This is his heart towards his people that his children would return to him. So we speak forth to our children, Lord, Romans 4, 17, you are the God who brings life from the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So we speak over our children that they are redeemed, that they are living in the truth and walking in the truth. In the name of the most high God, we pray. Amen. 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 I really pray that this episode blessed you and that you are building your faith muscles to start praying with authority over your children. I've said this before. Prayer warriors aren't born. They are formed. And unfortunately, they are formed in the hard times and the crises and the trenches of life. That's where we learn how to battle. So like I said, when you are in a battle, smear some blue paint on your face and go to war. You aren't alone when you do. God will go with you. He will equip you and he will lead you to a community of believers to battle alongside you. Mm -hmm. Now, next time on Christian Parent Crazy World, I will be joined by one of the most prestigious and authoritative voices in Christian apologetics today. Dr. Douglas Groteis is a professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary, and he is the author or co-author of seven books, including Christian Apologetics, a comprehensive case for biblical faith, which is one of the most notable and valuable textbook resources defending the Christian faith today. Side note, that was my primary textbook in my intro to Christian Apologetics class at Colorado Christian University. (laughs) I am just pinching myself that I get to talk to Dr. Groteis in person. My classmates would be so jealous. Now, we are going to be discussing the greatest barrier that young people have to the Christian faith today. Trust me, you guys don't want to miss this next episode. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. 
I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, Just a thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.